Today's podcast is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast, providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space, so you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co at P-O-D-G-O dot C-O. Be sure to add love you mean it in the how did you hear about Podgo section of the application. Hi everybody, it's Erin and Meg and welcome back to this week's episode of the Love You Mean It podcast. This week we're doing a super exciting topic. We've never actually done something like this in depth on one person before so we're pretty excited. We are both huge Britney fans. We are stans, we love her but this episode is all about free Britney and like what she's currently going through and has been going through for quite some time and we brought on Darren again from a couple episodes ago. We did a pop culture episode with him and he so kindly came back on. He's literally like Britney's number one fan so we thought he was the perfect person to do this with yeah so if you guys didn't know this documentary recently came out on hulu right it was from like the new york times yeah yeah mm-hmm. and it's from the new york times and it's called framing britney and it's basically all about the conservatorship conservatorship i don't even know how he says it i'm like it's, conser- it's conservatorship <laughs> that she's been under for the past few years and well several years yeah. at this point and so it was really honestly a really great and eye-opening documentary and we thoroughly enjoyed it we both cried i don't know it was just really eye-opening and obviously like we said darren is such a huge fan and you guys loved the episode that he came on and so we thought that we'd bring him back and talk about Brittany with him but before we get into the episode we're gonna get into everyone's favorite segment so i don't know if meg wants to uh share what it is with you guys in case you've never listened before okay so every week we talk about what we're loving and what we're hating we always get the negative shit out of the way first so what i'm hating this week is how the former president not saying his name um got acquitted i don't really think i need to talk too much about this but it's just really disappointing yeah there's not really a lot to say i'm like shocked but not surprised if yeah. that makes sense i'm like, really not surprised either but i don't know i was hoping for the best but i feel like that guy just always gets away with everything that guy <laughs> so i don't know i hope one day he like gets his payback and yeah. just like pays for all the shit that he's done but you know well didn't twitter say he's banned for life yeah but i feel like that's not like me i'm like that's not really enough like he's, but... he could find other platforms yeah like, he, like he's him prob- on reddit he's probably hey. be on reddit now <laughs> he's gonna literally have hey his, own sub- his subreddit yeah but what are you hating this week what i'm hating this week is no longer having unlimited coffee i obviously just got a new job which is really exciting i had my first week i was really nervous last week but it ended up going really well i just miss like working at a coffee shop being being able to just like pour myself with nice iced coffee or like uh, make a like iced latte like whenever i wanted to and obviously there's like an espresso machine and a coffee machine but i haven't really done anything with it yet because i just started and i was like i don't really know how it works there's a coffee shop next door so maybe i'll go at some point like this week or something but i don't know i just miss availability and the accessibility of just having free coffee all the time because i am a coffee addict like i already had one this morning and we were recording the episode we just like recorded it right before this and i was like do i have an espresso pod like yeah yeah i I mean i probably will but i don't know i just miss it but what are you loving this week meg what i'm loving this week is darren i know it's kind of of corny but I just really appreciate all the effort that he puts on to like doing these episodes. It's like he talks a lot, y'all, and he knows his shit. Yeah. And I just respect all the like time that he puts into this. And like he literally wrote an essay on 
like Britney in college and he literally had it out like he writes notes and like stuff. citing his sources yeah and so I just really appreciate that it does not go unnoticed and I'm really excited that he's starting his own podcast soon um I think sometime in March so we will keep you guys updated yeah I'm just really proud of him for doing that and yeah I don't know I think he's gonna do great and I can't wait to see what he does yeah I'm just so grateful that he came on and like really he just like holds up the whole show whatever episode he comes on and he just does a great job and so we're really thankful that he wanted to come on again yeah he literally like it's almost like we're taking a break and he like has the whole episode on his back it's like we're like the guests (laughs) and like he's like okay guys like this is what i have to say and i just love it yeah i love when someone takes the reins like that Mm -hmm. it's nice but what i'm loving this week is my new puppy oh she's She's not mine but my parents adopted a little tiny dog well she's not even (laughs) tiny she's only gonna be like 70 pounds but like they adopted a little puppy over the weekend and she's so cute her name is riley she's a half lab half australian shepherd and she is literally the most perfect thing ever fluff ball she's so cute i've only ever had short-haired dogs so it's a real treat having a fluffy one and i'm just so grateful that i got to meet her yesterday i'm gonna die die. (laughs) it's literally what i said when i picked her up yesterday i think meg maybe might meet her this week so that would be so fun i honestly need some puppy therapy for sure it literally was therapeutic and her just running in the snow i was like "Hmm." and playing with her other dog i just i can't yeah we have another dog who's like i think she's like nine or something her name's maggie and so it's just really funny because like i feel like maggie's like she does well with other dogs but she's a pretty solitary dog and it kind of keeps to herself but it's just so funny like watching like my parents and well they posted it on facebook this video of like maggie like playing with a toy and riley like literally ripping it out of her mouth and i was like girl you're gonna learn soon that that is not cool no maggie's just gonna snap like one day and yeah be like, and be like <laughs> But yeah, I'm just really excited. I love puppies. I haven't had a new dog since I was in eighth grade. And yeah, so it's it's been a minute. And yeah. now I'm, I was gonna say, now I'm in thirteenth grade. Aaron and I, was like, and I really want a dog, but yeah, um, our apartment first of all doesn't allow animals. But we also live on like the top floor, so and we don't have an elevator. It's just not. I, I like and I, like also I'm like maybe like the next place we move to. Yeah, if it had if it was like a better situation, I would definitely yeah. consider it because like also like with a new job it's not really it wouldn't be the best at me when i'm not home from like yeah. eight to seven no i know but, oh my god i just love her and she's perfect but my dad said maybe she can come sleep over so yeah we're, gonna, be so we're fun. gonna rent her yeah we're gonna rent her and have her here yeah but before we get to the episode don't forget to follow us on instagram at love you mean a podcast support the podcast and the link in the description box down below and we will be right back in one second with darren hi everybody we're back with darren and we're just gonna get into the tea y'all there's so much to talk about honestly yeah, we did an episode like two weeks ago at this point that was all about pop culture with darren so if you want to hear more about like how we met who he is you can definitely listen to that we're not going to make him do that whole spiel again but today we're talking everything about britney spears kind of giving some context i don't know if you want to give like that's such a broad statement but the whole like free britney movement i don't know if you want to like try to explain it like the best that you can britney we all know britney we know britney's fame we know everything but a lot of people didn't know that in 2008 she was put her under a conservatorship and basically that meant she had no control over her money overall finance whether she had a phone whether she can have kids like basically just choices that she would make on her own and we were all led to believe that it was like good and everything was fine and that she was happy things have just come out over the years that the girl has not been happy but obviously like her team has tried hard to sweep everything under the rug and we can flash forward to 2019 where she just basically was 
pretty much fed up with everything and it was kind of revealed that she didn't want her father to be part of it anymore and it kind of sparked the huge free britney movement and i i can get into more of that later but i mm -hmm. just wanted to give like the whole short synopsis a little bit because i'll i'll give like a first hand experience of like what going through that as a person of like the britney army was mm -hmm. so no that was like a perfect description of it i remember first hearing about like the whole free britney thing like maybe like two years ago or like last year, maybe. I feel like maybe like 2019 or something. Mm -hmm. like, I feel like I've been like hearing it for a while, but I didn't really know that much about it. And I feel like a lot of people heard about like the conservatorship, but like they didn't really know like to the extent, like I didn't even know really to the extent that it went until like the documentary when they were mm -hmm. talking about like how it controls like who she talks to and like how, how she can have kids. Like I didn't realize it ran like that deep. You oh know? no, it's like literally everything. It's like- mm -hmm. It's usually concert um, conservatorships are usually. Oh my god! Wait, I pronounced it wrong. No, conservatorship. <laughs> no, um, conserv conservatorship or conservatorship. Like people say it two different ways. Yeah, like I don't. I don't know. I just it's a it's a fucked up word. The yeah. c word. We don't like it. That's <laughs> the end of it. So conservatorships basically are for people that like they tend to have like dementia or some debilitating mental. I guess, disease or like situation where they're not able to take care of themselves. So usually anyone that's under a conservatorship is like pretty old and they maybe like get confused. They can't like manage their house or their finances or like anything like that. So then that's when like a court appointed document is like drafted and someone is appointed to that position, whether it be a family member. I know some people like they have like lawyers that do it for them and stuff like that um it just kind of depends but yeah so to hear that someone so young uh, like as like what 20 25 26 has a yeah, 26 years old that's insane like and then i don't know like yes yeah, she was having like mental problems but like understandably so because of like everything yeah. going on in her, in her life and she just needed help i don't think she needed this yeah. long-term like drawn out thing it's gonna be hard to like talk about it today too because there's so much like stuff that's like not confirmed and like conspiracy mm -hmm. stuff too so i'm gonna try my hardest to, like just like talk facts and stuff too like it's really crazy i don't know she's so young like going through all this like it looking back she had kids at like 24 25 like she had done her life like really quickly mm -hmm. like and mm -hmm. she had hit her climactic fame at such a young age too um or cataclysmic fame, I guess. I don't know what the word is, yeah. but... And they really had us all believing that she was, like, okay. Like, that was, the mm -hmm. like, in 2008 that she was okay. And, like, coming from, like, a, a Britney fan, like, how I am, I didn't really think twice about it. Plus, I was not, like, a teenager at that point or anything. So, like, I... Probably, like, third grade, I think. So, like, mm -hmm. I didn't really have, like, thoughts like I have now. But, like, I did think it was, like, kind of insane how in February... 2008 you're under a psychiatric hold and like all this stuff is being put on your life and then by December you're blonde again propped up on uh, uh magazine covers and releasing an album called Circus and not mentioning anything of the events that have happened in your life prior that was where I was with that and then I kind of got older and when I started getting more into like standing celebrities and stuff I like my love for Britney like grew again and she they had us believing that she was like okay and stuff and I just remember being like okay like I she's making all these albums and she's going on tours and stuff but she can't control herself and they really had people believing that like she would not be able to function on her own like I would have friends be like oh but why does she why does her dad have control or like why are they searching the house of people before she goes in or like there was 
a report that like someone was smoking weed at one of her tours and it like set her off. And I was like, I don't know, maybe she, I don't know. It's really crazy to look back and think that like they had people fooled into believing that she was this like loose cannon that like one small step and she would just snap. I don't know. Like it was just crazy getting to see like the behind the scenes. Well, because I feel like you made a good point that when all of this happened, we were like 10, 11, 12 Mm -hmm. years old when it was all like starting to happen. But like it was so weird in like the documentary getting to see like the behind the scenes of like her like smashing that guy's car in like with the umbrella. And I was like, dude, I would probably react the same way. No, and I I just feel so bad because for so long, like the past, what, 10 years, she's been a meme. Like, everyone's like, oh, if Britney can survive 2008, you can do this. Like, it's not even 2008, it's 2007. Like, this kid, I love the kid. He was, like, like an acquaintance-type friend in college, and we were in a secret Santa together, and everyone, like, knows I love Britney, and he got me a mug that said, if Britney can survive 2007, you can survive today. And, mm-hmm. like, real Britney fans hate that phrase because, like, even before all this conservatorship stuff came out, like, everyone knows that her troubles didn't stop when she shaved her head and shaved her head in 2007 and then psychiatric holds in 2008. So like her life kind of continued down like a downward spiral, even without like the conservatorship knowledge, like a basic knowledge, like kind of, you kind of know that like her troubles didn't end 2007. And I just kind of hated that phrase. And it's like, you don't know what she was going through. Like nothing in your life. I'm sorry. I guess people go through crazy things in their lives, but you can't say that you were going through what she was going through. If Brittany can survive 2007, you can survive today. Like you don't even know what was going on. Especially with her level of fame and having to do it so publicly. Like, everyone was talking about it. She was the butt of everyone's jokes. Like, late night TV show hosts were making fun of... People still, like, make fun of her for what happened. It's insane because, like, Britney was so big at the time that there was a market for the anti-Britney. Like, Mm -hmm. Pink and Avril Lavigne, like, they both marketed themselves as, like, the opposite of Britney. Like, Pink's song, she's like, I'm tired of being compared to Britney Spears. I'm not Britney Spears. Like, I'm the opposite of that. Avril would be talking about, like, yeah, Britney wants to be, like, this pretty little virgin. Like, that's not me. I'm a rock star. Like, it was just a pack against her and, like, pop music at the same time, too. But, like, at the same time, pop music was still popular. So it was basically just attacking her. And, like, Christina Aguilera would attack her as well. I don't know. Christina kind of got control of her career while Britney was still kind of being like you know everything going on with Britney so Christina would decide to take shots at her and be like I don't know Christina could be a hateful bitch back then Mm -hmm. I don't know and even like I mean we'll probably get into this more later I guess but even with like Justin Timberlake like taking shots at her and like interviews and stuff like I saw this like clip on YouTube from like The View they were like talking about this and they were like it's just crazy like even like in all the interviews she did like the questions that like people would ask her Mm -hmm. I was like that would never fly today oh no like people she was literally like a teenager and people were like are you still a virgin like not you fucking sexually objectifying a child like what they include in the documentary where it's like everybody's talking about it yeah no and it was like on head like it was literally on the cover of like us weekly and like people were a topic of conversation because her boobs were like young like she her boobs grew which i'm not going to confirm or deny her mother says in the book that she did get breast implants but i don't know how true her mother's book is because i know like some things can Mm -hmm. be like switched around and stuff but um if you do look at pictures and i honestly I don't even know if I should be speaking as, like, not as a woman, but, like, her boobs just got really big all of a sudden mm-hmm. in, like, one year. So, like, I don't know. It does look like a boob job. But, again, objectifying, like, a 17-year-old girl. So, maybe, like, 
stay away from that territory. But still, like, it was nobody's business. Of course, she handles it with, like, grace. And it's just like, yeah, like, my, my boobs. And she's like, you know, I would never do it, but I'm not going to attack anybody that does it. Like, she never attacked anybody back. Mm-hmm. Like, that's another thing about Britney is she never, she didn't have any, like, real enemies. Like, people just hated Britney to hate Britney. They never hated Britney because she did something to them. Mm-hmm. Like, I am someone who used to, well, I shouldn't say used to. I'd watch it right now. Like, Shady Moments from Shady Divas on YouTube. And, <laughs> the one, and like, obviously Mariah Carey, Whitney Houston, like, those ones are, like, legendary. But... Britney's like they're not even that shady and they're basically just from like people that attack her constantly and she's just going back like it's like a jab back at Christina and she's like like Christina like comes at her for like kissing Madonna as a gimmick and then Britney's like but didn't she kiss her too like she was literally there right next to me and she kissed her too like yeah and it's like, oh, she's like, oh, Avril's album, like, sold just as much as my third. And everyone was saying my third's a flop. So that kind of tells you everything you need to know. Like, stuff like that. <laughs> she's just sick of it. I mean, rightfully so. Literally, everyone's attacking her. And it's it was so upsetting, like, seeing all of the paparazzi, like, following her. And, like, that one picture of her in that cafe. And she's, like, holding her son. And she's, like, pregnant. Like, and she was trying to hide. And, like, yeah. she's trying to get the cafe owner to, like, hide her. But he, like, was the one that, like, called the paparazzi or something. And it was the same day where she had tripped. So it, it yeah, made that, with the baby, that huge yep. headline where she tripped. Which I do not understand how the media spun that on her. Mm-hmm. Like, to this day, like even like there's no way of how you like you should be ashamed that you spun that on her like there are millions of cameras and all this kind of stuff on her and people still want to believe that oh it's her fault she saved her coffee instead of her kid like no sean preston her first child was like Mm -hmm. she did not drop him yeah she was scared and she was walking on i think it's cobblestone i don't know if it was yeah i think it was yeah or just like a divot in the street or something why like you do not do not see the paparazzi culture there like but you just wanted to attack her like she's just a punching bag like it's just in it's literally insane like everybody was coming from her like all of these celebrities and then obviously the paparazzi and then like her own family which is like the people that you're supposed to be most comfortable with and they're out here like under the guise of like helping her but really they're just trying to like tear down everything that she has. No, it's like literally all of her, like her mom, like Jamie Lynn sucks. Like she literally doesn't do anything. She's always like, oh, just give Britney privacy. Like Britney doesn't want privacy. Like Britney wants like people to know what's going on, but she can't talk about it. We literally have confirmation like from documents and pretty much from her boyfriend that she appreciates the support of fans and the help that fans are doing. Like a couple days ago, Jamie Lynn basically confirmed that she was not at a virtual rally or something for free britney and the way that she like tried to word it on her instagram and she was like i was not like it was just like to make herself look better but i it the, people were tweeting like so you just confirmed in the best way you possibly could that you weren't at a rally for your sister's freedom okay keep on living your life and running cats over with teslas because that's what she was in the headlines for before she's literally trash like she come like I, I don't know if it was on like her own instagram or like britney's or something but she like commented on Instagram, like, words of encouragement towards Britney, and everyone was like, who the fuck are you? Like, why haven't you been trying to talk your dad out of this from day one? Like, if that were my sister, I'd be like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, she's best friends with the business manager, Lou Taylor, who is also part of the the conservatorship. I 
they leave her out of the documentary, Lou Taylor. They don't really talk about her. You can see her quickly when someone's at a free Britney protest and she's mm -hmm. on the poster with the dad and her like regular manager, Larry Rudolph. But from what I know about Lou Taylor is she is like this slimy business person who also tried to get a conservatorship put on Lindsay Lohan, I believe, mm -hmm. while Lindsay was going through her stuff at the same time. For once, Britney, um, not Britney, Lindsay's dad was like, what are you doing? Like, get away from my daughter. Like, what are you yeah, trying mm -hmm. to do? But Lou was able to use Jamie's idiot Louisiana mentality and just be like, this is a good idea for your daughter. I don't know. If, if anyone wants to know more about Lou Taylor, there's the Britney documentary deep on Deep Dive, the Deep Dive. Yeah, so good that goes so much deeper into everything. And basically like, I like, it's where most of my knowledge comes from, like of like the more legal stuff and like the darker stuff than mm -hmm. I already knew. And also there is a documentary um, that came out in 2016. It's a fan made documentary. I think it's on Daily Motion or Vimeo or Vimeo, however you say it, called Miss American Dream. I think I showed that to you, Erin, like freshman year of college. I was going to say that's how I like does a really good job of like showing what she went through and everything. It's like a clip show and it's like different interviews and paparazzi videos and stuff of just like her, it's like three hours long. So it's a lot. I've never <laughs> finished it with a person besides myself because I <laughs> okay, over finishing as much as they can. Um, but it, it's weird to watch now because it ends with like a, it ends on like a happy note because mm -hmm. we were all believing in 2016 that she was really happy because 2016 for Britney fans was called like her second comeback or well she mm -hmm. hates the word comeback so like a second rise she had released her ninth studio album glory and she had her had her first like dose of control like creative control with her records for the first time in a very long time um she looked good she looked healthy she performed at the VMAs like she was doing interviews and that is around the time where she was on this interview Jonathan Ross in the UK where she mentions the conservatorship for the first time like in a very very long time and it got cut from the airing like her team made them cut it from the airing and the only reason we know it exists is because fans of the audience were like um Brittany just mentioned the conservatorship like am I in another like world right now and she basically was like for those of you who don't know I was like in a concert I've been in a conservatorship for a very very long time and it stopped me from making decisions that I wanted to do and like how I made my music so it was nice to be able to kind of have this control and like choose what I wanted to for glory and like take my time and everything and like bless Jonathan but like he didn't know what to do because when you're interviewing Britney you know not to bring that up mm -hmm. and it wasn't even just him bringing it up it was Britney bringing it up out of the blue when he was asking her about the album, because you would expect her to just be like, yeah, it was fun. It was good because like Britney is a short answer person and your questions are like pre-screened from her people. So she like knows how to give like those just quick answers because she hates the interviews, but she went her own free way and just, you know, the deep dive kind of brings up the fact that like after that, the era kind of seemed to end. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if there was like pushback from her team after that. And they were like, why are you speaking? Like, which is crazy to think about. And I don't like to think about like, be, I don't like to think about how she was, she's treated behind the scenes because it makes me really, really sad. Mm -hmm. Like, I That's don't know. so terrifying. Like, I can't even imagine, like, the, like, almost Mandela effect you, like, people must have been feeling, like, in the audience. Oh, and, I like, know. hear her say that and everyone would be like, nope, it didn't happen. And you're like, or like I going home and watching that. it and you were like, no, like, I, was I watched the interview when it aired in my freshman dorm and it's not in there. And I'm like, 
literally, oh my God. And she looks so comfortable during this interview too. It was like her best interview in such mm-hmm. a long time. She looked so cute. She was so happy. And it's just sad that this was this was taken out. And the only other time she had talked about the conservatorship was in her For the Record documentary from 2008, which they mentioned in the Hulu documentary, which is so surprising. I'm surprised to this day that her team let that be released because she does not seem happy throughout the entire documentary. But honestly, they mask it really well because if you go back and watch it now, which is pretty much impossible because it's been scrubbed from the internet, seems really tense when her dad's around. She does not seem the happiest. There are moments where there's this huge like paparazzi chase type thing and she does not seem happy. She just seems really anxious. There's a moment where she's like being funny and pretending to be her dad, but he sounds like from the way she's describing it, like, and the way he's like talking to her and the way she's pretending to be him, he's like, she's like, Brittany Jean, go sit down. Brittany Jean, Brittany Jean, get over here. Stop crying. Like stuff like that. Like, you know, Brittany's like, it's crazy to think about like how smart she actually is because she's like masking what's going on. Mm-hmm. And then there's a part where there's a scene of them together and her dad is like, give me the phone. And Brittany's like, no, daddy, like, stop. And you can just tell he's getting mad, but there's cameras around, so he can't really do anything. And just and then there's the part where she talks about the conservatorship and she describes it as a rest- being restrained and in prison and feeling like it's Groundhog Day every day, which she feels like she's waking up to the same day. And she's she basically says, if I wasn't under the restraints that I was under now, I would feel so liberated. And this was in 2008. And this was like right after it all happened. This was December. So This was while she was recording Circus. So this was the most candid she had been. And it's crazy that this was able to be aired and everything. And it's crazy that it existed for as long as it did. But now that it's been scrubbed from the internet, obviously her team has tried to do some damage control, but it's really, really sad to watch. And it's just crazy that people really believed that this girl was okay. And what was going on to this girl was okay. And that there was nothing shady behind a girl bouncing back so fast like that without proper help or anything um and if people don't know she was pretty much kind of coerced into the conservatorship like she knew it was going to happen and she basically was accepting it she just didn't want her father involved which also didn't work and there's a lot of shady stuff going on behind the scenes I want to say there was like court appearances where she wasn't told about and she was supposed to be there and like Mm -hmm. also ones that were like oh it's today Brittany and she was like I'm not ready for that. Like, so just yeah. to make her look worse. And basically like once the, con- the conservatorship was put in place, they kind of told her, all right, if you can do this circus album, you can go on tour, you can do all the promotional, you can make yourself look okay and you can be okay, then you'll be out of it. So she was like, okay, like I can do that. By the end of that, by 2010, uh, she was told that it was going to be permanent or not permanent, but like on an ongoing basis. So like it wasn't, like ending after a year it just makes me so sad because they're like literally like dangling the carrot in front of her they're yeah. like yeah like if you keep doing this like we'll let you go and then it's just a permanent thing the thing and the real just- carrot is her kids it's yeah. not even like, performing or anything she loves performing like never believe that she doesn't love performing because she's always loved to do it even in this like post-conservatorship britney she's loved to perform but it's it was basically her evil father was like if you want to see your two, if you want to be in your kids' lives and you, you live, lives, whatever, if you want to be in your kids, like anything involving them, you listen to me and do what you're told. And that's basically what has carried on the conservatorship for so many years. And a lot of the reason why she hasn't fought back because she loves them that much. 
Yeah, and she literally, like, for a while, she didn't even have, like, visitation with them or anything. Like, the fact that he's... Oh, wait, and doesn't Kevin Federline have a restraining order against Jamie? Uh, I believe it was 2014, 2015, because that was when, like, I started getting into, like, standing hardcore. Mm -hmm. Is when I remember seeing magazines of, like, Britney's life being together and, like, her kids and everything. And it was, like, she has, like, 50-50 now. So she had, like, 50-50 rights. So, like... That was peak when it was like, oh, we're so happy for Brittany. Like, she has it all together. And then it was 2019 where it came out that he had abused, like, his dad had abused one of the kids and they had gotten a restraining order. So I think Brittany's rights went down a little bit. I don't know Mm -hmm. confirmation on that, but I just know that I think her rights had gone down a little bit because of that. And it was after... Oh my god, there's just like such like a firsthand story that I can say. So whatever you guys want me to say that, I can... Oh yeah, no, go for it. Yeah. I would consider, I've always considered myself a lifelong Britney fan, but like was not obviously not like coherent, coherent, like during her prime, my like real standing for her kind of started and like my like able to like be on the internet and like buy the albums and stuff kind of really started like in like 2015, 2016. So I was able to see like the her transition from like, I just want to throw this out there that all signs really point towards that they were kind of drugging her against her will which I don't know if they talk about that in the Hulu documentary mm-hmm. a lot of the court documents and stuff like that have nothing has said her there is nothing revealed of her mental it, like mental state those health records have not been revealed or they don't exist I don't know for sure off the top of my head they the mental records have been kept from the public and I think from her mom and her mom has tried to fight to get them so as like legend goes after Britney was forced under the conservatorship and she knew it was going to last for a really long time she had a second breakdown in 2010 and they started drugging her like with pills and stuff so if you look at an interview of britney from right after the conservatorship like 2009 she seems fine it's britney it's she's kind of jittery she's kind of like you know like she's going through it but if you look at 2011 during like till the world ends femme fatale like hold it against me she is very I wouldn't say bloated, but it doesn't look like normal Britney. Her eyes are dead. Um, and she talks in a very monotone, like deep, deep voice. And her dancing is not up to par. It's more just, it's it was the beginning of when people started calling her like a robot, like robotny, because mm-hmm. she was, robot. and especially with Hold It Against Me and Femme Fatale, like the music from that whole point is very EDM electronic. So she was kind of like just going through the motions and everything, like, if anybody wants to look, like, if you guys look that up later, like, it's, like, I think I've even obviously probably shown Erin freshman year. Mm-hmm. I was like, look at this video of her. But look at that video of her. Yeah. Like, so they had her, like, just going, she was pretty much going through the motions. And then around, like, 2015, she kind of, like, started to show interest in her career again. And it's strangely, like, when her and Iggy Azalea did their song. But then after that, it was, like, she was working on Glory and was having a great time. So, Glory era was an amazing era for Britney fans. She does like carpool karaoke. She does a bunch of like interviews and it like started with her billboard medley performance that she did where people were like, Britney's back. And she just seemed like really good. Like the dancing was on point. Like she was, she seemed there and everything. But I did think it was weird that she got this huge icon award and didn't do a speech or anything. Mm-hmm. Like she got it like backstage. Like she opened the perform, she opened the whole entire show and then like was not involved in the show after that. And I was like, okay. So Glory's released summer 2016. She's doing the promotion. She's doing everything. We get that. Her Vegas show is like doing great. All this kind of stuff. The next years go by. Everything. 
up until like her Vegas show ends. And then there's the announcement that there's a new Vegas show, which they talk about in the documentary. Like this stuff was kind of like, it was kind of weird because she showed up to the announcement and just kind of walked. She like <laughs> appears after hours and then just walks past everything. And, and doesn't um, perform. Like, like it was really so iconic though. It was never going to be a performance or anything, but at least we thought that she was going to be like, hi everybody. And it was around that time where like, she did an interview around that time too. And she seemed like she was like kind of, slowing down again like she didn't seem like she was opening up to the public again Mm -hmm. it seemed like very much like nervous answers and stuff like that so I kind of saw that something was like off and then like reports had come out that her dad was trying to extend her conservatorship to like different areas of the country and stuff or like different countries I honestly forget I was reviewing a paper that I had written on this like my senior year of college like so it was I don't remember when it was I was literally done in like November 20 like 2019 so Mm -hmm. it was before this craze it was like the first free Britney craze it wasn't like this free Britney Mm -hmm. craze so it's crazy like go back and read it it was done in September I'm looking at it right now so like there were two like her dad had like wanted to like put it into different state like put into different states or countries and also the reports had come out about the dad abusing the son so that's that on that. So there was that domination, going back to the domination residency announcement where she just appears and then disappears. It's, um... <laughs> she's alive, but she's dead. Like, me, like, not knowing, like, anything really, like, Britney-related, like, watching the documentary <laughs> and then being like, Britney, whoa! And her just, like, really walking like, down the stairs. She looks off. She does it. She's like... And then all of a sudden she switches on. Like, this yeah. girl, she definitely knew how to, like, switch on and off. Because mm-hmm. she comes up and she's like, and it's just like, like <laughs> the, Britney, the Britney dead eyes and then the wave. Like, yeah. It's like propped up. The Britney dead eyes are like a known thing. Like people have talked about like how she looks like for a really long time, she looks dead behind the eyes. Like so, but for a while she had life in them. So like fans were like really happy and stuff. And I do remember articles like during Glory Era coming out, like from smaller publications, like why is she still in this conservatorship? But obviously mm-hmm. It wasn't known to the general public, mostly. So the domination, that thing happens, like, as I keep going back to you, because I keep seeing her just appearing, walking away. (laughs) January, and she makes that huge Instagram post. I'm canceling Mm -hmm. domination. My father is in bad health. I hope you all understand. And it seems like (laughs) such a PR post, but the picture, she just looks so cute. And her mom looks so happy for her. And her dad looks so evil. It's such a telling photo. And... So there's that. And then a couple days later, Candid's come out of Britney just driving with her boyfriend, Sam. And I'm like, okay. I didn't realize the severity of that till like later. Mm -hmm. And then Miss Thing disappears. She literally disappears. And there's like no paparazzi photos. There's no everything. Like there's a difference between disappearing and like, like disappearing and like disappearing. Like there were no paparazzi photos. There was no nothing. And they followed her everywhere. So, like, they yes. would have seen her if she was, like, yeah. anywhere. No, she she went away. Yeah. Even now, like, when paparazzi isn't crazy and, like, she's not, like, the cataclysmic, like, huge fame type thing. Like, sh- there's still paparazzi photos of her, like, in different places. Mm-hmm. So, that's we- Like, Britney fans are like, that's suspicious. That's weird. That's weird. Like, that, she- <laughs> that she had disappeared. Yeah. Um, I, remember, I was, like, texting my mom and, like, like my boyfriend at the time and I'm like Britney Spears disappeared like what am I supposed to do like I'm I miss my bitch like where is she <laughs> where is <she>? Britney bitch <laughs> where's Britney bitch there's a podcast called Britney's Graham they talk about that uh, I, yeah that podcast they is analyze Britney's post and Britney's post had started to get weird around that time 
because there were no posts also. We were like, I remember Britney fans being like, can we get a little something? Can we get a little meme? Because it's so sad because during that time, Britney was known for like, posting like funny mom memes. Like she was posting like those little, what are those little yellow things? Minions. She was posting, oh. she posts like little minion mom memes. She posts, <laughs> she posts ones that are like, that are like Madonna's boyfriend's 20, JLo's boyfriend's 20, like stuff like that. And she'd be like, people haven't, like your soulmate might just not be born yet. It was like oh, those funny like mom memes and yeah. stuff like I was missing that. I was missing that from my girl. Like I was missing her. A couple days later, which was just so weird, it had come out that Brittany had checked herself into a mental facility for herself. Yes, checked herself into a mental facility. And this was March, mind you. This was March. Had checked herself into a mental facility because she was distraught over her dad's illness. And Brittany's a weird case anyway, because we don't hear a lot of stuff from her we hear it from other sources. So I remember being just like really sad that she was in a mental facility. Like my, I think I posted on Facebook the article and I was like, I'm so sad right now. (laughs) And Britney's gram, I didn't even know Britney's gram existed at that time. Mm -hmm. So they're doing their own stuff. There's the day and I'm terrible with dates. So I don't remember dates, but I remember like time periods. So this is like March, 2019. And it comes out that that anonymous paralegal left that message to mm. Britney's Graham saying Britney was put into the mental place against her will. It has not been recent. She's been there since January. And the documentary doesn't really go into this. Apparently, Britney was doing stuff against what her father's rules were, and he was not happy. So she was not taking the medications that they did prescribed of her. And I think around this time, her dad had tried to take a back seat in the conservatorship, but had appointed somebody to be watching her. So it was still a puppet in his show. So she was doing that. And he was like, if you don't start doing what I say, I'm going to cancel this. And she was like, you know what? Cancel it. She basically was probably like, it's making money for you. I don't care at this point. They canceled that. And then a couple of days later, she's driving with Sam with nobody watching her. So she's breaking all these conservatorship rules. So their thing is to throw her into the mental place, which is disgusting. Yeah. Literally disgusting. And from pictures of that place, not to be classist or anything, but somebody like Britney Spears should not have been in that type of place. That was for someone like us who can only afford to be in a place like that. Mm-hmm. She... If you're putting her in a mental place, you should have put her at like a five-star whatever. Like that, it was not five-star. And the only reason they ended up letting her out when they did around Easter time was because of fans and stuff. Like she basically either spent Easter there or spent like the come around the time there. Like I think the saddest picture of Britney that I've ever seen is nothing from 2007 or 2008. Not even the pictures of her strapped to the gurney in 2008 where she's out of it. It's more, it's the pictures of her leaving the mental place. Because she looks so tired. She looks so out of it. She just looks so, it's just so sad. And if any, if no one's ever seen that, I'd say look, like, look them up. But just, it's just really, really sad. I was literally on the train home from Easter break, like going back to school. Mm-hmm. And I just remember being just so sad. I was like, why is nobody helping her? And then Free Britney kickstarts. And I just, I want to put a disclaimer that Free Britney was started in 2008 when people started mm-hmm. to see the conservatorship. Like, like Britney fans that were like following following back then but Jamie put a stop to it really fast like back then he had more power and a lot of Britney fans back then were like we're like they're trying to help her like what are you talking about so a lot of people weren't really open to that so like this is the second free Britney and it like kickstarts in 
2019 and it's just free Britney and like we're trying to get her freed and everything and I'd say like it was kind of successful because it's getting the message out there and that's when the rallies had started and everything people started going to the court cases and some smaller celebrities did speak out some people who had worked with her spoke out like there was a person who said that they had to do like an interview thing with her and like she seemed so timid and like shy and like she seemed like she wanted to whisper something to him at one point but the security guard popped up and was like is there a problem and she like kind of just like pulled back and he just felt so bad and famously David LaChapelle who is the a famed celebrity photographer his photography is beautiful it is amazing um I love it so much and he's also behind the Rolling Stone cover of Britney when she was 17 of her laying on the bed with the Teletubby which is a problematic photo in itself but it really encapsulates what Britney Spears is because that was what she was marketed as she Mm -hmm. was this over sexualized 17 year old so that photo is iconic in itself but it is also very very problematic and he knows that now he says he regrets doing it and also looking back he says he knew something was wrong from that moment because he had taken those photos at Brady's house in Louisiana and he said from looking at all the pageant trophies and seeing the family dynamic he knew that there was something going on with that family and there was something really off back then at that moment and but he didn't know that it would come to this and david lachapelle also famously was the person who was doing the photo shoot for her album glory but some stuff happened behind the scenes that he ended up breaking the partnership and the album cover for her album ended up being a screenshot from the new music video that um the team had to scramble together because he was like you're not using my music video and then around the time where Britney was put in the mental facility in 2019 the video leaks so that was a lot of thing of what got David to speak again and he was like I find it really funny that when all this stuff is coming out about Britney and stuff that this music video finally leaks and it was really weird because fans have been trying to get it for months and months and months and then Mm -hmm. it finally well years actually at that point oh my god but it finally leaks in full during this time to try to get like the heat off of what was going on. Like it's just, it's sounds just really weird and sketchy and stuff. Um, But he was a big name to speak. Um, Cher has spoken a lot. She's tweeted and she's been like, this girl had makes money for everybody, but herself, like everybody in Vegas has heard the stories. Like, but I think a lot of it has become a thing now after this documentary. Like a lot of more people have spoken. All the big talk shows have talked about it. But um, when it initially happened, I will give credit to the talk, the one that has like Eve and Sharon Osbourne. They had brought it up. Right away. They brought it up right away. I remember Eve wore a free Britney shirt and Sharon Osbourne famously says, when there's a lot of money involved, you have to question the motives of everyone involved in it. And there's a lot of money on that girl that mm-hmm. she barely gets. Um, Britney, I remember her posting photos in like 2014, 2015, 2016 with like two iPhones past like the most current one. And it was like, you don't have to have the most current iPhone, but with a celebrity, you'd think that you'd give them like the better phone. Yeah. Um, And it's like, from what I found out and like from just doing more and more research, Britney wasn't allowed to have her own phone till 2015. Like, was not given phone access. And in 2008, she used to sneak use, like, her dancer's phones when her dad wasn't looking or, like, people's phones and, like, or, like, hotel phones and, like, call people. Like, she was still trying to call Sam Lefty, who they talk about in the documentary, who's not a good guy. Mm -hmm. But it's important to know that 
Brittany was in the middle of something where people were mooching off of her on both sides. Her family tries to make him look really bad, which he is really, really bad. But he was like, they're both bad. They are both bad. And Brittany didn't know who she could turn to. So she was still trying to turn to Sam to help her be free. And like, he couldn't really help her. Her assistant, who was her cousin, who, Ali Sims, who just spoke out yesterday, actually, and said that, Jamie had threatened her, if you ever speak to Brittany again. From what she says, he she feared that Jamie would have done something to her. Most Brittany fans don't really like her. They think that she that she used to call paparazzi back in like 2007, 2008 with Sam Lefty to like make Brittany look bad too. So, But she was Brittany's assistant for a very long time. And Brittany around that time when she was first locked down in 2008, probably turned to her a lot. So for her to be calling Allie and Allie not answering is probably really, really hard for Brittany. And Ali says she really regrets the calls that she didn't pick up, but she was just very afraid of Jamie at the time. But Mm -hmm. also from what older Brittany fans who were really like living through all that stuff, she seems like an opportunist. So I don't really know, but I still just, it comes down to me still feeling bad for Brittany. Yeah. Like having to like take someone else's phone and be like, oh my God, like they're trying to put me in this like for life. I feel like a lot of people probably just stopped trying because you have to go through like so many background checks, so much stuff just to be like around her. Like, it's just crazy. Well, and like, even like we were talking about like a couple of minutes ago, like on camera when he was like talking to Brittany that way. And then like, <laughs> just like being like, so like controlling even on camera, you as it's like hard to imagine like what he's like off camera, let alone to like people that aren't his own like flesh and blood like these random people that are like in her life like I wouldn't be surprised if he would like actually follow through with like threats that he makes and he has access to all the the money he has the power he has like this seedy Hollywood court system money to be doing things like I'm not gonna say he would put a hit out on her but like Mm -hmm. I don't know and it's just he's never been a good guy he was a Louisiana, like, I don't have nothing against Louisiana people, people from Louisiana, but just, like, they're from, like, the swamp, like, the swampiest swamp state, kind of, like, by the Bible Belt. He was just an alcoholic that, like, pretty much couldn't keep a job and stuff like that, and, like, him and Lynn would, like, get into really bad fights. Brittany would have to run to her aunt's house. Um, One time he tried to drive away drunk with Brittany on his lap, and it's just, it's crazy to think that so much of that was kept under wraps when she first became famous to try to pushed her as this picture perfect perfection when she really came from like this crazy dysfunctional like very poor family in Louisiana Kentwood Louisiana which it's it's so crazy like I keep seeing I keep saying crazy but the fact that she was pushed as this picture perfect like girl next door image when really she came from like this completely different like there were some times where her dad would have to like hunt rabbits in the backyard for them to eat like that's how poor they would I guess what that was yeah. in the documentary. Oh, I didn't, yeah. I didn't hear that part. <laughs> no, they were like poor as shit. They Wait, were like, like what is this? Poor, like, I... They're eating squirrels. What though. is this, the fucking Hunger Games? Like... <laughs> her whole family is full of opportunists, but I think her mother at the beginning was just like, can I get myself and my kids out of this situation? Yeah. Like, that was a lot of her shipping Britney off to these different auditions. Because obviously Britney was talented and no one can fight that. I don't care if you don't like her voice. I don't care if you don't like her dancing. Even from a young kid, she had this star quality and she had a very, very good voice. Her label made her sing in the baby voice that is distinctive now. Like, 
Britney always want like her biggest inspirations have always been Janet Jackson, which we'll talk about later. Mm-hmm. Madonna, um, Whitney Houston. Whitney Houston, and she's always talked about how much she loves Mariah Carey. She auditioned for her record label with "I Have Nothing" by Whitney Houston, which the demo is out there on YouTube somewhere, and she sounds pretty good. And she was gonna be a deeper singer. Like if you listen to her first two albums, like the baby voice is there, but a lot of the songs, like there's a lot of vocals in there so you can hear what she would have sounded like if she continued under like under more of a vocal heavy performer type thing but I also Mm -hmm. believe she was meant to perform because she would go to she was a trained dancer and a trained gymnast so I don't see her as someone who would just stand there and sing I don't see her as a Mariah Carey I say I see her as a Janet Jackson Madonna type entertainer Mm -hmm. like that was always what she was destined to be Mm mm-hmm I'm like, is it time to talk about Justin Timberlake? Yeah. <laughs> and like Janet Jackson? I've thrown a lot of information out there. It's just, it, there's so much how one of the biggest stars became so like overprotected for the lack of a better term because she has a song called Overprotected. Overprotected. Which I love that. been allowed to perform since 2004. And she was supposed to perform it for domination, but how are you going to let her perform Overprotected when her life is overprotected? Anyway, yeah, that will not be on any set list. Like, ever. when she's read, she's opening her first tour with Overprotected. I'm staking my claim in that now because Overprotected is one of my favorites. I will be, if I have the money, front row. If I don't have the money, nosebleeds. And I'm <laughs> singing at the top of my lungs, streaming Overprotected. Everyone stream Overprotected. Stream Overprotected. The Dark yeah. Child remix. Yeah, we're gonna make we're gonna put it on that um number one like billboard. Charts. Oh my god, yeah. yeah. Well, I, I don't know if you want to give context to uh Justin Timberlake apologizing uh like 40 years too late, but yeah, for like anyone who doesn't know, Justin finally apologized to both Britney and Janet Jackson for the things that he's done to them in the past. I guess yeah. we should talk about like what happened. So with Britney, obviously Britney and Justin were America's couple for a very long time. Or, well, I don't know. What is even considered a long time? They started dating in 1999 when she met him again. They had done Mickey Mouse Club together when they were younger. So they'd always, they'd been like friends. And apparently they had kissed each other before. But I don't know if that's like cute little just PR stuff to be like, yeah, he's my first love. Because her mother has said that like she dated this 18-year-old football player when she was 14 in Louisiana, which was completely other story. But yeah. And they got together in 1999 and dated till around 2002 I believe and apparently she the big thing is that she cheated with the choreographer Wade Robson who Mm -hmm. if anyone doesn't know is the one who was friends with Michael Jackson who swore under oath that Michael didn't do anything but has since recanted and has Mm -hmm. said that Michael has done stuff which I won't talk about because that's a controversial very controversial topic yeah Um, but Wade Robson um, was a friend of both Britney and Justin and was just a huge choreographer at that time for both of them um and as the story goes he found a um when Justin and Brittany were both doing SNL he had found a note from Wade right before they were supposed to go on stage so you can find videos of Brittany and Justin on stage having to play off like they're fine most people can tell you and most Brittany fans can tell you uh doing enough of a deep dive you can find that he was cheating on her too Mm -hmm. um I personally believe that their relationship wasn't as perfect as they painted it to be and by the end was probably a lot of PR but I do believe she genuinely did love him and then Justin basically just launched his solo career off the back of the cheating because he was sorry I guess give it to him an opportunist a disgusting opportunist but saw that the media was like painting Britney in a darker light and as the evil one in the relationship so of course 
he writes Crimea River and he, I think he had told her that he was doing it, but I don't think she knew the severity of what it was going to be. And yeah, he releases that. And I think it was one of those things that she was like, okay, like I, it's going to be about me, but like, he's not going to just be like, it's about her. And then he literally has a lookalike in the music video and like does all these interviews and like basically is basically confirms that she cheated, like confirms what the media didn't have to know. Yeah. Was just wanting to know so bad. And he also revealed without her knowledge on Howard Stern that he had had sex with Britney, which again, people were mad at Britney for having sex and being a bad role model when really you don't choose when she has sex. I don't know why us as a collective thought we can determine when this girl has sex. We don't determine when she has sex. And also this was told against her will. Mm-hmm. So sh- this girl is trying to keep her image, even though she shouldn't even have to, and she can't even, someone breaks that for her. So at that point, people start to look at her as a villain because they're like this wholesome girl who isn't even that wholesome who teeters the line between sexy and like innocent, which that was her whole thing. And the whole anchor of the innocent was the virginity. So now that that's gone, she's not innocent to America anymore because this was right before the purity ring thing became, the purity ring craze became a thing with the Jonas Brothers and Miley and Jordan Sparks and all of them. Britney was like the precursor to virginal America. So when that's gone, she's like, you know, pariah. So he's launching his back off the solo career. And honestly, he doesn't have sole blame in that. But that was the beginning of when the media turned on her, which we can talk about the Diane Sawyer interview too. His solo career is blowing up. The nice goddess that this woman, Janet Jackson, I'm a huge Janet Jackson fan as well. Britney's mother, her musical mother, invites him to perform at the Super Bowl with her. And they perform at the Super Bowl and they get to his song, Rock Your Body. And he says... It's the line, better have you naked by the end of this song. And he rips off part of her bra. Her titty falls out. It's crazy. This was 2004. So I'm not going to pretend that I was this age coherent at the time. Mm -hmm. But I do remember it, the media storm. Fun fact, YouTube was created because of it. Because people wanted to look it up so much, Mm -hmm. which is disgusting. Um, It's called Nipplegate, by the way. (laughs) Which I think is a funny title. But Janet was completely blacklisted from radios, from MTV, from everything. They stopped playing her music videos and was also uninvited from the upcoming Grammys. But Justin was not and also performed, I believe. And he basically, not that he killed her career or anything, but he laid her out to dry and didn't really do anything about it. He did nothing about it and just pretty much built his career on her. Whether the wardrobe malfunction was planned or not planned, because a lot of people think it was planned because she was wearing a nipple, like a decoration. But I believe that might have just been Janet's whole aesthetic and stuff. I don't know. I respect Janet and saying that it wasn't meant to happen. So I'm going to go with that. But yeah, he's built his career on both of these women. He also had a feud with Prince and was able to perform at the 2018 Super Bowl, which is another thing. Janet was banned from the Super Bowl for life. They didn't have another female performer till 2012 with Madonna. They had to really fight for that. And he was able to do his own headlining Super Bowl and did it as a tribute to Prince, which didn't go well with his family either because they had Prince on a screen and everything and like a tribute and Prince was against that too. He was against Mm -hmm. like that type of thing. He didn't like holograms. Yeah. Yeah. Like hologram bringing somebody back. So Justin was just disgusting in that way. And I just personally am not a fan because he did two of my girls dirty, but that Prince whole thing is just not good either. It's just embarrassing. I'm like, you're doing this whole tribute and you don't even know anything about him. No. And then something happened where like, I think it was at the Grammys or something. I don't know. But like, I saw this briefly that like he 
like Prince was up there before Justin and then Justin went up after him and he like shrunk down to like Yes, he wasn't there. I think I saw that the other yeah. day. He was accepting the award on Prince's behalf and since Prince is like 5'2". Oh yeah, he, he like slunk down. down. Prince saw that as disrespectful. Um, he <laughs> also, there's a song where he um, shades Prince a little bit because Prince like, I think Prince shaded him first with like sexy back. Like, mm-hmm. Doc Sexy Back was, like, a weird song. Prince was a shady motherfucker, I must say that. Yeah. Like, he was. He was shady. I feel like you should respect Prince and the legend that he is to not be throwing shots at him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But... Like, bitch, you just got your... <laughs> like, and he, It's just... And so, like, going back to now, um, with the whole... For years and years, people have been, like, apologize to Janet. Like, it became, it became bigger in 2018 with the, like, the Super Bowl. It was, like, apologize to Janet. Apologize to her. And then it's always been like, um, when are you going to apologize to Britney? Because he still takes shots. He was taking shots through her breakdown, like thought it was funny, all this kind of stuff. Years have gone by and he still like talks about like, when I wrote Crimea River, I was in such a dark place. Like this girl did some, like he just still talks about it. But this documentary has just brought the interest back. And like so many people were commenting on his Instagram posts and stuff. And they were like, apologize, like you're a piece of trash. So he mm-hmm. does what? Every stupid entertainer does. Um, I don't know who his fucking PR team was to even do this, but he posts a notes app apology pretty much. I literally okay. have it right here. It? I'm literally yeah. reading it right now. I've seen the messages, tags, comments, and concerns, and I want to respond. I'm deeply, deeply sorry for the times of my life where my actions contributed to the problem, where I spoke out of turn or did not speak up for what was right. I understand that I fell short in these moments and in many others and benefited from a system that condones misogyny and racism. I specifically want to apologize to Britney Spears and Janet Jackson, Janet Jackson, both individually, because I care for and respect these women. And I know I failed. I also feel compelled to respond in part because everyone involved deserves better. And most importantly, because this is a larger conversation that I wholeheartedly want to be a part of and grow from. This industry is flawed. It sets men, especially white men, up for success. It's destined this way. As a man in a privileged position, I have to be vocal about this. Because of my ignorance, I didn't realize it for all that it was while it was happening in my own life, but I don't want to ever benefit from others being pulled down ever again. I have not been perfect in navigating all of this throughout my career. I know this apology is a first step and doesn't absolve the past. I want to take accountability for my own missteps in all of this as well as 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 well as be a part of a world that uplifts and su- and supports. I care deeply about the well-being of people and I love and have loved. I can do better and will do better. Bro. I just feel like personally like it's just too little too late. Yeah. I think that apology is good for like middle America housewives <laughs> and like people who are fans of Justin Timberlake back then will be like he apologized like that's so nice. But, like, when you look at it at a deeper way, like, the damage is done. Like, I don't think people realize how severe Janet's career was taken down. You ask someone our age and they kind of barely know who she is or know her as Michael's sister. But it's cr- she's one of the most successful artists of all time. And that's not just coming from a stand. Like, the receipts are out there. Like, she has a lot of number one hits. A lot, like... Grammys are flawed, so I don't think she has that many Grammys, but she has a lot of awards. She changed the face of, like, R- like R&B and pop music. She was, her and Whitney are trailblazers for, like, Black women in pop music. And um, she also 
is an inspiration to a lot of different singers. Britney, people try to paint Madonna as Britney's biggest inspiration, which has a lot to do with Janet being blacklisted because they're not going to say, oh, Janet is uh, Britney's biggest inspiration, especially during her control time right now, like when yeah. she's been controlled since 2008. Like, obviously they're going to have her be like, Madonna, Madonna. Um, but if you look at performances of Britney and you look at Janet, especially Britney post I'm a Slave for You, which I'm a Slave for You was going to be Janet's song, which do with that what you will why they would give that song to her i don't like the name of the song in the first place mm -hmm. don't know why you do that yeah they are she's pretty much janet's like musical daughter i like to call her i will reveal that i found janet's music on my own mm -hmm. um i don't remember hearing her on a radio as a kid um i a couple songs my mom would had my, my mom had some of her hits so i remember those um but i michael jackson was always on the radio as mm -hmm. a kid always especially after he passed Madonna yeah. always on the radio um and it's really not fair because she's just at, like just as successful and is as impactful for pop culture as they are mm -hmm. and she doesn't get that credit anymore because the head of CBS Les Moonves which who also has to have who has stepped down from CBS yeah. now because of allegations of sexual assault against him um and sexual misconduct um wanted her wanted to take down her career because he felt her apology wasn't sincere enough so it's not just like there was a deliberate attack on this woman's career like there was a statue of i don't know what disney it is disney world disneyland have like mickey there was statues of mickey's all around in different costumes and her she has an iconic rhythm nation costume um and they took it down they took it away after the super bowl incident like that's how much america didn't want to deal with janet jackson like she was blacklisted from everywhere and it's just like um, I'm happy that we live in a time where she's finally getting her flat. Like people are realizing like, why did you just let this woman disappear? Like, it's not just like she was like, I don't know, like someone who had like two songs that were really popular and just disappeared. Like from the eighties to like 2001, like literally huge from one of the biggest families ever, like made a name for herself, not being Michael Jackson's sister. Like they had separated themselves completely. Like that is something crazy. Like you can barely even do that. Like the only other people I think who've done that, semi-successfully are Beyonce and Solange mm -hmm. kind of separated themselves which is just so crazy like I've had to tell people they're like is Janet Jackson a legend and I'm like yes she yeah. is like it's not my fault that you don't know who she is and also that she was just taken from the America's con like conscious like, which is crazy like she literally yeah. was dancing he, Justin's the one that ripped it off of her and it's just, it's misogyny and racism at the same time because a, a black woman scapegoat, white American can just, you know, it was so easy. It was so easy. Oh, and it's with our, like, America's heartthrob too, like our musical heart, heartthrob. Okay, we're not even going to attack him. Like, there were so many factors going against her. And still, powerful black women make people scared. Yeah. They literally do. They make people scared. And Janet was is a powerful black woman who's opened so many doors for people. And she was, she's so open about her sexuality. Like her songs, like there's so many songs that are just like, they're literally like, there's a song called, would you mind? And she's like, come inside of me, let your juices free. Like she literally like, just sings about yeah. sex. like sings about sex. Like she was unapologetic with all that she things about and she's still unapologetic it's just crazy that her career was taken like that like thank god she's like she, nothing happened to her personally mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
but you also don't know what happened behind the scenes. You don't know what people were saying to her. Like, if you show up here, like, don't even think about it. Like, I could spend all day talking about Janet Jackson and I'm not going to do that, but... No, I know, but it's just, like, honestly, if I was her, I would be, like, thanks for apologizing, but honestly, it's, like, it's too late. He, obviously, like, if it was allegedly, like, an accident, like, he could have stood up with her and been, like, oh, my God, like, I'm so sorry, like, blah, 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 like, or had her back or, like, supported her, but it was not there and it's what like 20 years later and he's like yeah, yeah i'm sorry i wouldn't have even responded yeah. even respond. she posted a video about the 35th anniversary of her first album control um and it's like even a couple she posted it yesterday it's a couple days late she's like i just want to thank you guys for all the love and i was like i see what you're doing bitch i see what you're doing you're just ignoring you're just ignoring and he yeah. doesn't deserve her time he doesn't deserve her time i wouldn't even give him the time of day like he's literally he's just some dumb white well no and he's he's being (laughs) an opportunist again because he literally like fucking cheated on jessica biel and then Mm -hmm. had a kid to cover it up and then like now he's like doesn't really have much going for him so he's like oh they brought me up i'm gonna ride the coattails and it's just it's also insane because like right after the janet stuff he was continuing to be the biggest like male pop star like I'm like, I was jamming to Sexy Back back then. I was, we were all jamming to Sexy Back. What goes around comes around. Like up until like Mirrors too. Like he had these consistent, like these consistent Mm -hmm. hits. Like Holy Grail with um, Jay-Z. I will still turn up to that song. That's a bop. Suit and tie. I'll still still bust it down to suit and tie. (laughs) Ba-da-ba-ba-ba-da. Yeah, I should not be. You know what? Whatever. Bye bye. But I know and in sync, like he ruined that yeah. too. I'm like, fuck but you. He's not even the best singer in sync. Let's just say that yeah. the guy he was the best singer, and I think I don't really follow in sync that much. But I think JC was supposed to be like the main guy. I think in the mm-hmm. beginning he sang the most, but I think Justin just women started to like fall for Justin more, and also honestly, Britney, his relationship with Britney put him in the spotlight more, so it like kind of pushed JC mm-hmm. to the side. And then JC's career never really took off. His solo career never took off because so I think Justin was like being groomed to have this solo career at that point. Mm-hmm. So, like he was getting all the best producers, all the best people, which a lot of his first album is Michael Jackson rejects. So I think Rock Your Body is a Michael Jackson reject. So, which is kind of weird at the same time. Yeah, I didn't even know that. With him with his ramen noodle hair. I feel like it's a Shawn Mendes, like Camila Cabello kind of thing where you're yeah. like, is this a real relationship or like, yeah, is this like, like a record company thing? Like if it happened now, would I think it was a record company thing? Probably. But yeah, back then, probably. I feel like no one was overthinking things in like the 90s and the 2000s, the way that we like kind of do now where we yeah. analyze. Where do you think we go from here? We free and Britney, motherfucker. Like that's what Ooh, we're doing. Britney. But personally, don't really care for Justin's apology. I think if I was running his PR, even if he wasn't actually apologetic, I would have posted a video. Yeah, right? Like a sincere, like IGTV type video where he's like sitting at like a chair or something at a desk and is like, you know, just the heavy breath. And he's like, <sighs> he's like, I've been thinking about this for a long time. And I just want to like one of those videos, like a tearjerker type video. Like, I don't even care if he wasn't sincere. Like you could have done better than a notes app apology. Like, at least, like, you could say what you want about people like James Charles and shit, but, like, he literally, like, they all, like, all the YouTubers and stuff, like, have made videos. Yeah, they make videos. Like, he he could have made a video and it would have, people would have been more on his side because I don't think anybody's on his side right now besides his, like, 
three or four fans that he still has, the Roaches. Middle America, the Middle America people on Facebook that I pick fights with sometimes where they're like, I don't know, Britney seems like she might need this. And I was like, do your fucking research before you fucking say anything. Or like, or like the people that are like, cancel culture is just coming for everybody. Now they're coming for Justin Timberlake. And you should have came for him 20 years ago. Yeah. And it's just not catching up to him. I just think it's fucked that like going back and like looking at all this stuff that happened, not even just to Britney, like to Lindsay Lohan, to like Paris Hilton, to like all these girls that were so sexualized from such a young age and like growing up sort of in like the Me Too movement and like how that shit, even stuff that happened 10 years ago would never fly today. I love the 2000s. I love the pop culture of like the late 90s, early 2000s. But looking back, there is... There was a weird grooming pedophilia type vibe with the girls. I remember there's an SNL skit of Lindsay Lohan as Hermione, 17. And also Hermione's a kid character. And it's all about her boobs growing. And it's just kind of, it's really weird. Paris's sex tape, she was like 18. The guy was like in his 30s. And we still spun it as a culture onto Paris. How can you forget everything with Miley? Mm-hmm. Like Miley with the, the sheet. I remember the sheet photo shoot just kind of reminds me of Britney's Rolling Stone shoot with the Teletubby and everything. Twitter has been crazy. So I've been seeing like videos of like South Park and there was a South Park episode where like Britney like shoots herself from all the paparazzi stuff and everything. And then like everyone's like, what's our next victim? And they they're like Miley Cyrus. And it's like, it's so true that Miley was the next. I truly believe that it literally also comes down to like a supportive family and a supportive family environment. And I feel like Miley had that. Mm-hmm. I know her, she's had some family troubles with like her, like Hannah Montana kind of ruined her relationship with her dad at first. And then like, it was really hard for them to try to control her during bangers because she wanted to do what she wanted to do. But I think she's always had like a very, very close relationship with her mother too. And I think that's different from what a lot of these other stars who have like really, really like I don't like to say gone off the deep end but have had this stuff happen to them because their parents are not constants in their life like Lindsay Lohan's parents they have been like trash like Mm -hmm. I'm sorry to say it but like they her dad was a Wall Street guy I believe and like he his issues are what bled into like Lindsay's addiction issues Mm -hmm. and stuff like that and we know Britney's family absent families and like children in Hollywood do not go well together and then you could you think about you can think about the stage parent too like michael jackson's dad mm-hmm. huge stage dad judy garland's mom huge stage mom just kind of tossed her on to mgm lot and was like do what you want with my daughter which there are so many like similarities with judy garland and britney spears sim like just similarities between kind of opposite ends of this similar spectrum mm-hmm. like judy never felt she was pretty enough but had this amazing voice and britney thought she was just known for being pretty and like wish she could sing better wish she could sing like christina and stuff like that it's just there's a lot of similarities with like both of them which i think is why i love them both so mm-hmm. much and in the britney documentary the like there's the gays that are like talking about how Brit- much Britney means to them and like how it was like something to look to because she was this perfect pretty girl and like it, it I was crying I'm not even gonna lie I cried watching the documentary because this woman has provided my life with so much like joy and happiness and like her music has been there for me during like some of like my darkest times and like just growing up like she's like always been a constant like her career spans like our entire lives like she started in 1998 like her career spans an entire life so she's always been such a constant so she really has made like such a huge impact on like the millennial era and then like us the upper gen z because we had her as like a baby and as like um as little kids like like millennials had her as a teenager which would have been awesome honestly growing up 
being like, imagine being 17 in 1999 and hearing Baby One More Time on the radio. Oh, I would have been like, like being, at, being at a college party and like hearing that shit. It is on Apple Music's Guilty Pleasure playlist yeah. with songs like Dancing Queen and like yeah. Working Nine to Five and um, Copacabana. I'm trying yeah. to think of like, Copacabana. <laughs> Britney. Black people love Britney because Britney has always stayed in her motherfucking lane. She, she's yeah. never culturally appropriated. She never did any of that. People, over, I call this past summer like the woke summer where white people were trying to be like, what is problematic and what is not like they didn't know. People tried to be like, well, her song Slave for You, she sings about being a slave. And I'm like, it's problematic in itself that you are thinking that when you think of the word slave, you're thinking of black people. Yeah. They're like, should we cancel it? No. no. I, I admit it's a little problematic that you tried to give it to Janet Jackson first. Pharrell, what were you thinking? But yeah. also... People don't realize, like, in the music industry, when you can give a song to someone, it could be an unfinished demo or something. So yeah. it might not have had a name yet. It could have been just the beat in the background or something. And Janet was like, I don't want that. Yeah. And we're gone. But on this playlist, it has Africa, um, <laughs> Copacabana, Never Gonna Give You Up, Don't Stop Believing, White People Classics, like, White People yeah, No, these are my childhood. Copacabana. Baby One More Time has made its way on there. Yeah. yeah. It's like transcended like just our generation and the millennial generation and is like adapted to like so many different like generations too. Like I know my little cousins, like I used to sit them down and be like, this is Britney Spears. Like, um, and I would play my cousin, the Oops, I Did It Again music video. And one time I went to her house and on her iPad, she was like five or six. Like she had like four songs and one of them was Oops. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, I did that. Bitch. And like, I remember being with her, it was like three or so years ago. And I was like, hey, do you know who Whitney Houston is? And she was like, no. And I was like, oh my God. And I was like, do you know Hannah Montana? No. Do you know Lizzie McGuire? No. Do you know Britney Spears? Yes. And I was like, Okay, we, we can take okay. that. I, I don't know if you guys have seen the David Letterman interview with Lindsay that's been going mm -hmm. around, but he's that's asking her about like rehab stuff. And she's like, we didn't talk about, this was not pre like, screw, like what we were going to talk about. Like mm -hmm. you're just bringing this up right now. And she's handling it with grace. Yeah. But like, it's just, Lindsay was just very much like, she didn't have, you guys watch, what's the, is her name Mila Tequila? Yeah. Yeah, we mm -hmm. talked about this like last time. She was, Lindsay, I never realized this because we were really young. We weren't teenagers when Lindsay was at her heyday. Like, us millennials, we get so much good stuff because we get like, we get that stuff and then we get whatever's coming out now. We are, we are like half Lindsay and Hillary, but like, we're also then, we're like, full Miley and Nick too yeah. you know? so they really painted Lindsay as like the really bad girl from the beginning and they had Hillary as this good girl which I never really realized because I was always such a huge Hillary fan I think that was a lot of the beginning of what was going on with Lindsay too because if you're painted from the bad guy from the beginning like people are going to continue to want the bad things to happen and then when the mm -hmm. bad things happening it's like feeding all of that and then I start to feel bad the fact that I have a tote bag with her mugshots on it but I think they're art so. Yeah, I, I think they're art. They're, I, they're iconic. Yeah. And so my final question is like for anybody listening and like wondering what they could do to like help Britney. Like, what do you think that people can do? That is such like a tough question. I personally just post everything that I see because I'm a huge mm -hmm. Britney fan to like keep people in the mm -hmm. know, which people have told me like, you're keeping me in the know. Thank you. Yeah. Like, wow. Thanks. I don't know. I just think don't believe everything. I don't, I'm trying to like formulate what, I, I don't there's not much we can do mm -hmm. it's really much up to the courts now and like what goes on but at the same time fans are what really got this like got her where she is like not got her where she is now but are getting like more traction with the free Britney movement so yeah. I just think we, we just need to keep pushing 
keep mm-hmm. pushing for this girl's freedom, but also like we need to know what Britney wants. Like over the mm-hmm. summer, people were trying to call the cops for her. TikTokers were calling the cops for her. Like, yeah, it that's, that's just really weird. Like, can't do that. But we know that Britney wants freedom. She said it before in a secret message on her Instagram. She's a Sagittarius. She's been reading an astrology book. She's a Sagittarius. She loves freedom. Mm-hmm. So girl just wants freedom. She wants her dad gone. So right now we're just trying to get her dad out. So yeah, we've got to keep the push going. We and I just think as a whole, as media we need to be different and not let stuff like that happen anymore because we live in a culture where we now that we think it's different but it's not so different and I'm not going to say I'm innocent of that because I troll on Twitter sometimes too but then there's just different things and there's different boundaries that like people still cross and yes paparazzi culture is pretty much dead but social media has kind of taken that over like a lot of the stuff that happens that happened with paparazzi culture is happening with social media culture. And a lot of people don't realize that. So I think it's just kind of like be conscious and stuff kind of give celebrities privacy sometimes when they want it. And I know it's different now because we celebrities are much more open, but it's just like, we don't want anything with Britney to happen again. Yeah, exactly. And we all, and I also believe that like, I think we should just keep fighting for justice for all of these women that were done wrong too. I think it's just bigger than Britney. I think it's like, personally next, I would love to see Amanda get some help. Yeah. And honestly, the help that she deserves. Like, no, I'm not even just talking about like psychiatric help. I'm talking about like actual justice. Lindsay too, like Paris has her documentary. So people are looking at her differently. Janet, I mean, the damage is done with Janet, but she started to get like icon awards and like, Mm inducted I think she was inducted in the songwriters hall of fame too so that's really or the rock and roll hall of fame one yeah, of them yeah. that's really good so I think she's definitely getting her flowers while she's here which she deserves so we're definitely living in a time too that is like we are seeing the victim more and mm-hmm. we are standing with the victim which is so much better than the culture we used to live in I hope that like with this whole like documentary and everything people realize like I mean, it sounds so annoying, but it's, like, what, like, your words and, like, what you say, like, how that can affect people. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. Just, like, all, like, the paparazzi and people asking her about her virginity and all this stuff and people, like, following her everywhere. Like, I hope people realize, like, kind of, like, the effect that they have, like, on other people. And also, like, celebrities don't, like, owe you anything. Yeah. They like, don't. they're people, too, and, like, they're just putting work out for you to enjoy, but that doesn't mean that you like own them as a person and like can know everything that's going on about their life. Like they deserve privacy too. Mm-hmm. It reminds me of like the Kardashian photo that just came out with like mm-hmm. Kendall in the Photoshop. And, like people are up in arms and it's just kind of like she, I understand that it's like such a bad, like it's a bad example. Like that you, her little doesn't look like she even has a kooka. Like yeah. it's there. But at the same time, like, she doesn't owe you anything. She can yeah. vote what she wants and everything. And that kind of makes you sound like a hypocrite because um, I'm calling out Khloe Kardashian all the time with her face. But, like, she can still do what she wants. I'm just going to talk about it. Yeah, okay. <laughs> that, that's literally me. I sound like Wendy Williams, but... Oh God, How yeah. you doing? <laughs> How you doing? <laughs> yeah, I just think celebrities don't owe us anything. They don't owe us money. They don't owe us having to speak about different issues they should because they do have huge platforms but they don't owe us anything mm-hmm. so that's just another takeaway like celebrity doesn't owe us anything us wanting jt to apologize but at the same time like he needed to 
Yeah, exactly. Well, the, we just have to hold people accountable. Yeah, all. hold people accountable, but also at the same time, celebrities don't know the difference between holding a celebrity accountable and them also not owing you anything. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. But thank you so much for coming on again. That means yep, a lot that you came on again. No, like, <laughs> I'm me repeating myself. No, but, like, people loved your episode, so. Oh, my God, that honestly means a lot because I loved doing it and I loved listening back to it, too. Yeah, no, like, I don't know. I'm, I'm just glad people liked it, too, because obviously it was, like, I guess it was kind of a different topic for us, yeah. but I don't know. It's interesting to see. So I hope people like this episode, too, but I know they will because you're on it. Um, I, you, you know me, you know I can literally talk about anything pop culture related. Like, yeah. I reeled myself in multiple times, and it probably sounded like I wasn't even really myself in, but so much more I could have talked about Amanda oh. or Janet or something. I know, I want to do, like, I, I want to, I'm literally going to text you. done wrong in the industry. <laughs> But yeah, so I guess everybody go listen back to that episode. We'll link it down below. Uh, we'll link Darren's Instagram down below because hopefully he's coming out with his own podcast soon. He he planned out the first episode. You literally need to. So I, um, yeah, I we're wrote, like, I wrote like, a script for like the trailer episode kind of, and I'm trying to see like, cause should I like talk about that here? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. no, you can. Um, so basically, I want it to be called Under the Tree with Darren C. I, will, I already messed up. Under the Tree with DXC because DXC are my initials. Uh-huh. Um, it's I like Under the Tree of Knowledge, I guess. Yeah. Um, and it, for a long time, I was like, do I want it to just be one specific topic? Do I want, because like, I love like music. I could talk to you all day long about um, the like, the analysis of Beyonce's career, but I also love Star Wars and want to talk about that maybe. Mm-hmm. So I decided, why am I going to narrow it down? Thank why? You. That's what I was saying. Yeah, you, thank you. It was you who told me. No, because well, I, don't I put I yourself in a box. Well, because like, he was like, oh, should I only talk about pop culture? Should I only talk about music? And like he was saying that like he had a teacher that was like, you should like really niche it down and make it as specific as possible. Mm-hmm. But honestly, like it's, I mean, people have said to us in the past that they like how we talk about like so many different things. But also it's right. like, so it's like there's always something for everyone. And then like you're going to be doing this for a good amount of time. And, like, eventually, like, if you niche it down to such a specific thing, like, you're going to run out of shit to say. Yeah, so I decided that because I feel like as myself with my interests, I'm very multifaceted. Why not bring on a guest every episode that represents a different type, a different part of my personality, my interests? Wait, so I have a friend come on if I want to talk about pop stars, have a friend who I know would geek out about pop stars with me. My Star Wars friend, have them nerd out about Star Wars with me mm-hmm. and... I wanted to start each episode with like a pop culture roundup too, so bring that in, like pop culture roundup of what's going on in the world or I country in our world, and then end the episode with like trivia on whatever topic we're talking about. Oh my god, I would love Wait, that. That's so that would fun. be so fun. So, anyone listening, please, I've waited so long for this. Do not steal my idea. I'm planning to probably start it in March. So oh, that's so soon. Thank god. Yeah, like thank you guys too because you guys are um, been like an inspiration more to like wanting to start it like coming on as a guest has been like okay, like it's been like you know ripping the band-aid off and like like how I'm gonna want to speak and like noticing that like the pauses that I take and that I say like a lot and like wanting to change that too so but happy valentine's day and we'll yeah, talk to you later thank you guys so much for listening to this episode with Darren I hope you enjoyed it yeah if you're here I'm really impressed this is a long episode like the last one it's a marathon but you know we're saying some good shit so yeah it's proud important of you guys if you guys are still here yeah and there were really some great takeaways that he had in the end about like being more aware of like your impact and just like yeah. being more conscious overall 
Yeah, I don't know. He just needs his own podcast, and yeah. I'm so excited that he's starting one. We, I can't Aaron wait. and I literally held him at gunpoint, and we were like, you have to do it. Yeah, but like we said, thank you guys so much for listening to the episode. Hope you enjoyed. Follow us on Instagram at Love You Mean It Podcast, because Meg does a great job. And we will see you guys on Monday. Love you, mean it. Love you, mean it. Love you, mean it, Love you, mean it or something. <laughs>